The second part of this episode is a look at things women weren't allowed to do as recently as 1971. But first, what's age got to do, got to do with it? Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, and a whole lot more. Here's your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. There is plenty of talk about age lately, specifically relating to candidates for president of the United States. One is 77, right near the top of the boomer range. The other is 81, four years older. Do these numbers matter to you? What is more important, the number or the individual? I'm sure everyone can agree that some physical and mental abilities diminish as we age. But are those factors the same for every person at specific ages? Some industries do have upper age limits. Commercial airline pilots, for example, are required to retire at age 65. Many states require judges to retire at age 70, although there is no federal upper age requirement for judges. There's generally no mandatory retirement age for doctors. Required retirement age for regular commissioned military officers is 64. Some major corporation CEOs are over 90, but some companies, including Apple, require board members to retire at age 75. Full retirement age for purposes of Social Security is 67. Does that mean someone who is 77 doesn't have the mental capacity to work anymore? Of course, all of this is a slippery slope when it comes to age discrimination laws, and some of what I mentioned seems to be exceptions to those laws. So how old are you? Do you still work? Do you drive? Do you play pickleball? How would you assess your mental and physical health as it relates to what you do for a living or what you do in retirement? My two stepsons are landscape designers. They're both in their 30s and strong enough to do the physical labor part of landscaping when needed, but both admit it's more of a challenge than it used to be. But one of the workers on their crew is in his 70s. So is it the age number or the individual? A friend who's been a guest on this podcast started a whole new career in her 50s and worked at that for 17 years. Colonel Sanders started KFC in his 60s. A friend who ran marathons in her 30s was trained by a runner in his 70s at the time. Two news reporters who are still active are Harry Smith, age 72, and Andrea Mitchell, age 77. Tom Brokaw retired three years ago at the age of 80. Back to presidential candidates for a minute. Both leading candidates are showing their age, but is it the number or the individual? The, um... Orange Puppet Master is showing obvious signs of mental decline, but is it because he's 77 or is it something related to him as an individual? The current president is also showing some mental decline. Is it because he's 81 or is it something related to him as an individual? For comparison, here's a partial list of famous people who are older than President Biden. Willie Nelson is 90 and still active. Martha Stewart, 82, still active. Paul Simon, age 82, still crazy after all these years, released his latest album a year ago. 
Art Garfunkel, Simon's former singing partner, is also 82 and was still touring until a year ago. Christopher Lloyd, age 85, seen a year ago in an episode of The Mandalorian and is currently working on another project. Paul McCartney, 81, still singing, writing, and producing. Ringo Starr, 83, toured last year. Tom Jones, co-hosting The Voice UK and sometimes breaking out in song on the show, age 83. Dionne Warwick and Martin Sheen, both also 83 and both still working. Morgan Freeman and Dustin Hoffman, both 86, both still working. Mick Jagger turns 81 in a few months. Have you seen him perform lately? Is the number of his age slowing him down? Again, I ask, is it the number or the individual? By the way, Melanie Hamrick, Jagger's current significant other, is 36. And Mick became a dad for the eighth time seven years ago. My point with all this age talk is my answer to that question, is it the number or the individual, Whether it's a movie star, a news reporter, a singer, or a presidential candidate, I think the individual is a more significant factor than the number you get when you subtract your birth year from the current year. This is the Boomer Randomness Podcast. Women are 50.4% of the United States population, yet it has only been in the last few decades that women have had anything close to equal rights. I'd like to think that women have full equal rights and status now, but I know that isn't true yet, and I don't know why. I came across a list recently of things women were not allowed to do in 1971. Yes, that date is correct, 1971. I was vaguely aware of this list, but actually seeing it puts things in perspective. Here goes. In 1971, a woman could not get a credit card in her own name. Think about that for a minute. Actually, if you're a boomer woman, you probably already knew this. I didn't. I'm sorry. It wasn't until 1974 that a law forced credit card companies to issue cards to women without their husband's signature. In 1971, a woman could be fired from her job for the offense of getting pregnant. The Pregnancy Discrimination Act of 1978 changed that. In most states, women could not serve on a jury in 1971. The reason? Women were considered the center of the home, which was their primary responsibility. They were also thought to be too fragile to hear the grisly details of crimes and too sympathetic by nature to be able to remain objective about those accused of offenses. It wasn't until 1973 that women could serve on juries in all 50 states. In 1971, if you were a woman who wanted to fight on the front lines in Vietnam or anywhere else, you couldn't. You also weren't allowed into the military academies. Prior to 1973, women were only allowed in the military as nurses or support staff and admitted into military academies starting in 1976. Women in combat? Not till 2013. If you were a woman who wanted an Ivy League education in 1971, you had two choices, Yale and Princeton. Brown merged with Pembroke in 1971, thus allowing women. Dartmouth came around in 72, Harvard in 77, and Columbia in 1981. Sexual harassment at work as grounds for legal action 
didn't happen until 1977. What about sex at home? In some states in 1971, married women were not allowed legally to say no to sex with their husbands. Spousal rape didn't become a crime in all 50 states until 1993. Sex discrimination in health insurance wasn't outlawed until 2010. Even though I'm a product of that era, I'm not sure I ever really understood in my youth why women weren't allowed to do the same things as men or have the same rights as men. Boomers could probably take at least some credit for making these changes. Women are 50.4% of the U.S. population, but only 10.4% of the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Women are 28% of Congress. Only 12 of the 50 states have female governors. Less than 5% of commercial pilots in the U.S. are women. What would Amelia Earhart think of that? Women in our country have come a long way since 1971, but it looks like there's a long way to go. I'm Bernie Lucas. Thanks for visiting my Boomer Randomness podcast. I collect random sentences of encouragement, and I'll close with this one. The best part about life? Every morning, you have a new opportunity to become a happier version of yourself. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. I post new episodes on Tuesdays. I'm working on more Boomer profiles. Let me know if I should profile you. Learn more about Boomer Life and sign up for episode updates at boomerrandomness.com. And check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook. Okay, Boomer, thanks for listening. And tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness. Boomer Randomness.